Amen. That was great. Soldiers who can dance, that's pretty good. <laughs> Amen. We almost had to keep that going. That was great. So I want to, this week's Torah portion had many interesting scriptures. Basically, God was trying to sum up, don't mess with Israel, right? Y'all know this old saying, don't mess with Texas, right? I think the original was, don't mess with Israel. Because if you go against us, guess what? You're gone. Period. Any Hittites here? Any Jebusites? Any Canaanites? Right? They're all gone. And it's something that nations need to learn. If you want your country to succeed, bless Israel. Amen. It's real simple. Look at the countries that don't succeed. Name a couple. Venezuela, they were once a great nation, right? They were considered one of the wealthiest in the world. And this is in modern history. The country, new leadership came in. Guess what? They didn't like Israel. Now look at them. Right? Cuba. North Korea. Right? All the ones who go against Israel aren't doing too well. I'll never forget when I flew over to to South Korea. you, You fly over and at night we were landing and you could see North Korea and South Korea. And in South Korea, it was all lights, you know, modern buildings. And North Korea was like you had stepped back into the 1950s. Very few lights were on. And it really was a sombering moment to understand what God is doing. I want you to, I want to read a, just a quick scripture verse that really hit me today. It's Deuteronomy chapter 11. Verses 8 and 9. Can we change the backdrop on that? Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 8 and 9. As it fades away and comes back. There, there we go. Therefore, you are to keep the whole mitzvot, all the commandments that I am commanding you today so that you may be strong and go in and possess the land you are about to cross over to possess. And so that you may prolong your days on the land that Adonai swore to give to your father and to their descendants a land flowing with milk and honey. This is a land that God promised to us. I was in a situation the other day and really it hit me and then when I read this week's scripture it really made sense. I don't understand how a pastor or a leader or even a, a rabbi can preach without ever being in the land. Without ever seeing it and walking it. 
Because the land truly comes alive. And I also can't see how us as believers who have never been over there say always, it's always one day, right? One day I'll make it there. One person told me they'll get there when there's a new Jerusalem. That's a little late. Because what you see and you learn when you walk in the land is amazing. It opens your eyes. You know, I remember the first time I went over. And I thought, you know, when you hear the story of, you know, he was born in Bethlehem, and it must have been, you know, you have this image of it's miles and miles and day journeys away. It's a five-mile walk from Jerusalem. It's not, you know, this idea. And when you can go into the old city, and on the ushering in of Shabbat, seeing the different Hasidic schools dancing like we saw our brothers and sisters dance with joy, going to the Western Wall. It's a great memory to walk in the ancient ruins and to bend down and pick up a shard or a piece of a, a pottery. You can wonder what happened to that. What was the situation behind it that dates back not just 10 years or 20 years or 50 or 100, but hundreds and thousands of years. To be able to walk where Yeshua literally walked. To go to the synagogue where Yeshua preached in Capernaum. This is what makes the Word come alive. And it's something as believers we must experience. It's an ama- and then to see the culture and the people that live there today. To go to the war museums. To see Bunker Hill where they basically it was the last stronghold that held out that they had to take that area to take Jerusalem back. We have been honored to be able to have some of the soldiers actually who were there come and share with us in our group. I have to admit, when, when, when we go to Israel, we do it right. We don't do the average tour. We go above and beyond because I believe it's so important that you see not only the culture, the history, but the people so that we should never forget what happened in that land. And we literally see a land flowing with milk and honey. You know, the scripture says that Israel will blossom like a rose. Do you know what Israel's, one of their number one exports is? Roses. Here is a society that people will tell you, you cannot put certain fruit trees next to each other. They won't grow, except in Israel. They developed an irrigation system and it's just amazing to see the size fruit they get. I'll never remember going to the, there's a little marketplace, and we went and we picked up a pomegranate. Now, how many of you have ever had a pomegranate, right? About the size of what, a baseball? Softball? You think so? 
You've seen them like that big? Softball, right? Baseball, softball. In Israel, they're the size of a football or a soccer ball. They're huge. They're amazing. We have one out of pictures. It's three times the size of what they are normally here. A land that was barren and useless now has trees. I always love it when our tour guide will take us. We, we go to Mount Bentel. It's an old military site that actually can be reset up as a military base in less than six hours. There are certain parts of the mountain you, you're, that are locked and you're not allowed into because they keep weapons there in case, God forbid, they ever need it again. And literally, on, we're in Israel, and the other side is right there is uh, Assyria. And people say, well, where is the border? And he goes, oh, it's very interesting, because you see all these trees? And he goes, yeah, that's Israel. You see where there's no trees, and it's barren? That's Syria. It's just like, it ends. It's, it's amazing. What has been done in that land? The promises that have been made. And that's what we see take place. Like I said, you need to walk where Yeshua walked. When you go under the Sea of Galilee, one of my favorite areas, I think Judy's, I would say her favorite place is the Temple Mount or the new winery we found, one or the other. <laughs> I think it's the, te the, the, the Temple Mount, though. By the way, the wine there is delicious. Right? They have great wineries there. But when you go and you visit and you see, and then you talk to the people, it's amazing. But being in, in, in Capernaum, I want to get back to that, because you're literally in a building where Yeshua was. The remains of the temple. That's where you know, it talks about him going to the temple. Here's the temple he went to. And you can understand the move of God on this land. You know, everyone has this picture of the Sea of Galilee, this massive area of water. You probably can't see over to the other side until you get there and you realize it's more like a lake. Oversized lake, definitely not a sea. I will give you, it is definitely not a sea. And usually the water is pretty calm. But I've seen the time when the waters get rough. And you realize these were the shores that they were talking about. These are the areas that they ministered in. And these are the promises that God gave us. Yeah, you know, We love to, to meet with people in the land. And that's so important. Because, you see, it's not only knowing the biblical part of it. But again, I was telling you about uh, uh, Mount Bentel. And we had the soldiers come and they were sharing with us what took place to recapture Jerusalem in the Six-Day War. And they tell the story and it's of a hero. There are bunkers all in this area that, are, that they were trying to get to this one area, the last stronghold of Syria. I think it was the Syrian army there. 
they had tanks and they were battered in and, and the soldiers could not advance until this was taken out. And soldiers, they were in bunkers so they were getting shot at as well. And the soldiers talk about one man, one soldier, who stood up, took his gun, jumped out of the bunker, and ran towards the enemy. They said he must have killed over 20 to 25 of them before they took him down. But this was able, for him doing that, they were able to go and retake that area. They counted the bullet holes in his body and stopped at around 20. He kept going and going. The amazing part of the story is that one soldier who really allowed the soldiers to be able to take Jerusalem to take that stronghold left behind a wife and a five-year-old son. We got to meet the five-year-old son. He's not five years old anymore. He's a much older man now. And he oversees that area. And the other soldiers adopted him as their son. They helped take care of him as he was growing up. Israel has a unique distinction in the army. If you have a loved one who dies in the army, you do not have to go into the army. You know, they have an automatic draft for men and women. Matter of fact, you can't go in if you're in that case. But he wanted to go in his father's footsteps and join the army. He had to get his Jewish mother's permission to do it, which is not an easy task if you ever dealt with a Jewish mother. But she let him join and he became part of their elite forces just like his dad. And now he oversees that area with the soldiers. But it's amazing when you hear their stories and you see the tanks that were left behind to remember what took place. Areas called Ammunition Hill. Right outside of Jerusalem. And it was the key for them to be able to break in and, and retake Jerusalem. When you hear about the ones who gave their life for that land, it reminds us of why we need to go. And then to see Jew and Arab living in the land together in peace. I know we see the video, you know, you see the stuff on TV. But those Arabs that live in Jerusalem and work in Jerusalem, they're not the issue. They're friendly. They're, you know, most of them are friendly. They'll joke with you. You can go to the Arab market and buy things. Matter of fact, our, our garments that everyone wears, right? The um, fix, stand up a second. The tunics. All these... 
Thank you for modeling. You didn't walk the aisle, but that's okay. Right? Those are all made from Damascus silk. Damascus, Syria, right? We go into the Arab market and we buy the silk there. I'll never forget uh, two times ago we were there and it was during Ramadan. And if you don't know, you know, Ramadan is the holiest of holidays. They have to fast during the time. No food, no water during the day until night. And many times when you go into Arab shops, they will greet you and if you, they, you know, they'll, they'll actually buy you orange juice and, and really treat you very nice. And this gentleman, we've been dealing with him for a number of years. He remembers us, opened up very friendly. And I remember he offered us something to drink. And I said, oh, no, I, you know, I knew it was Ramadan. I, I wanted to be polite. And he's like, no, no. He goes, it's okay. He goes, I'm not afraid of what they think. I want to show my hospitality to you. That says a lot. And that's what we can learn from them. We meet with an ambassador, one of the Knesset members. That's like meeting with a member of Congress or Senate. And they come and share with us and tell us about what's really going on. Sometimes I'll tell you, we walk out of one, I remember walking out of one site we were at a few tours ago. And we looked up and over where Jerusalem would be, there was a pillar of smoke coming up. And over in the West Bank, there was two pillars of smoke coming up there. We found out what had happened. They had sent a rocket over to us. We sent two over to them. Don't mess with Israel. So you, you learn the land. You see the people that live there. And it's an amazing time. I remember the first time I went to Israel, I was 12 years old. It was a teen tour. I had never been away to camp before in my entire life. Never been overseas before. That was my first trip by myself with a bunch of other kids. And I remember we were staying in a hotel right in Jerusalem. It's still there today. It's, now, it's a youth hostel now. And there's this big, right on the end of Ben Yehuda Street, it's an area where everyone goes and shops, and it's a great time. There's this big building there now. But I remember being in our room, and they were just preparing that building. And they did a, a, a blast, a you know, blast up the land. And I'll never remember, as soon as they heard that noise, you saw soldiers grabbing their weapons and start running down the streets. They were prepared at a moment's notice. Because you never know what's going to happen. But you also know the IDF has your back. They're one of the best armies in the world. Our tour guide likes to remind me when we do, you know, we have Top Gun. Well, Israel has Top Gun too. And there are times that the countries will go and they'll battle each other in simulated war. And the United States would win, right? We're the best, right? We're my supporters of the U.S. We're the best, right? <laughs> you would think we would be able to destroy the Israeli army. They would beat us every time. 
They take our ships and make them better. It's amazing to see what goes on. They also have some of the best food in the land. There's an ice cream shop on Ben Yehuda Street. It's amazing. You got to go to it. And the shops there, Danny Boy. Danny Boy's a hoot. He's an Orthodox Jewish man who loves us. I walk in and he's, oh, Rabbi, how are you? He's a lot of fun. But you know what? They trust us too. He once had to leave his store. And he asked me to, to watch it for him. Okay, think about this. He's like, I, I, oh, he goes, I'll be back in about 15 minutes. I goes, I, I, brother, he had another brother. Had, they have three stores on the street. He goes, I got to go down there. He goes, can you watch it? Now, people are coming in and shopping, right? <laughs> and it's not like they pay what's the price on the tag. It's not how they work in Israel, right? You, you, you negotiate, you haggle. And I looked at him. I said, what if someone wants something? He goes, you know how I do it. There was another shop on Ben Yehuda Street, and it was uh, ancient coins and jewelry. And we had brought our trip. Jay uh, had, uh, the Israeli government had asked my brother to bring a tour of people over to Israel. So our group alone was over 350 people. And I had found this shop where it has uh, biblical coins, which I like. I, mean, I wear one around my neck as in my mezuzah. It's a temple coin that you would give. And it was a, a father and son that ran the shop. Well, so many, you know, what happens when people start seeing something going on in the shop, what do everyone do? They want to go see what's going on, right? They had so many people in this little shop that the two of them couldn't handle it themselves. So Judy and I got around the counter and started helping them. And... I didn't know the father's name, so all I could do was call him Pop. Because that's what his son called him. So I go, Pop, how much is this? <laughs> After the group left, some other people came in, and the woman started asking me a question. I said, I don't work here. <laughs> I was just helping out. But that's the kind of relationship you can get. When we go back year after year, we see these people, and they're considered friends. We keep in contact with them. I have Danny Boy on my WhatsApp. He'll leave me. He'll, he'll call me everyone just just to wish me a happy Shabbat. But that's what it is about being in the land. We also started adding something that I thought was very important. It's understanding the terrorist situation. We meet with a group called Caliber 3. And they teach anti-terrorist training throughout the, the world. Matter of fact, they have a, a location here in the United States in California. And they teach how to deal with terrorists. And they give you a mock setting of what took place. And it's amazing. Who, 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 Kim, you were there, right? Who else was there? If you've been there, raise your hand. Lynn, a couple others, right? It, was that an amazing time? 
They show you a situation where they ran in with guns and they were shooting the terrorists, right? And then they immediately started asking everyone how many terrorists were there. What was the situation? And everyone gave almost a different answer. And then they go, now I see what happens when you go and you talk to the news and they get all these different messages. Because people see different things. And so they explain to it. And then we got to shoot guns in Israel. That's probably the biggest, fun, that's the funnest thing ever. We got to shoot guns in Israel. I don't know why that's so cool to me, but it's cool. <laughs> it's fun. You should see some of the weapons they have. It's really neat. But that's what it's about. It's about going into the land. It's about seeing the sights, seeing the scripture come alive. I love Capernaum. It's one of my favorite places. You had the Mount of Beatitudes right there where Yeshua shared the word. So I want to encourage you all. Don't say one day. Set a date. Go to the land. You know, one thing we also do, we don't do it on every trip. It just depends. We plant a tree in Israel. This to me is one of the most special times because we can then give back to the land. I remember, I, I, I still have a picture of Lynn when we were playing and you, were, you hugged somebody. I don't remember who it was now. But it was just such an emotional time to plant these trees. Even though we do these little things, they grow and blossom. Matter of fact, we went back to one of the ones uh, the, when we did my brother's group, we had done the place where the Maccabees were. Remember those guys? And this is where they, um, we had planted a forest there. And because we had so many people, it literally was, I mean, we did the whole area. The, the Israeli government came out. It was a very special time. But one of the most special times for me was right after my, my father had passed. One of the gentlemen who knew my father and worked with my brother took us to his friend's farm. And there was a group of, this is a small group of about 20 people. And we got to plant an olive tree. These were a little bit bigger than the normal ones. These were about that tall. In this guy's olive farm. What a special moment that was in honor of my, my dad. My wife and daughter will tell you the, ne the neighbor next door had brought over goat cheese. But she sings to her goats. You think that might be funny? It changed the goat cheese. My wife is not a big goat cheese fan. She could not eat enough of it. My daughter, they loved it. Remember when we went back, we tried to go get more of their goat cheese. But it's remembering what goes on in the land. So I want to encourage you all. Make next year the year you go. Because it will change your life forever. You know, I have a few minutes. I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do this. I, I want a couple of you all who have been with us on the trip. You're just going to take two minutes. Tell what the trip meant to you the most. I haven't told anyone I was doing this, so a volunteer 
Kim, it's volunteer. <laughs> Anyone else? It's volunteer. Just come on up. Put guys, put this mic on. You can't talk about the camels. No, well, sure. No, come on, you can. <laughs> every place you go, everywhere you set your foot at is awesome. So it's really not one place. Everywhere. I'm going to pick Nazareth because I was going to say the camels. The camels are great. And the, the mountains, the tents, and eating lunch like Abraham and him welcoming you, things like that, and also in Nazareth having lunch, and everywhere you go. There is a place, um, Rabbi, that we went and overlooked Jerusalem. It's a little small. It's like right. Mount of Be uh, the Mount of Olives. Mount of Olives. Yeah. That is amazing because it's overlooking everything. And um, the lights, the David Light Show. The Light Show at night, yeah. The lights. So David. go. But the food is so good. And it's worth every penny. All right. Now, Lynn was on our first, she's been on two trips with us was on our first trip we ever did to Israel, and now she also works uh, heavily with ministries in Israel bringing donations over, so it was life-changing. Well, on that first trip, I got off the, we got off the airplane and we went to where the aqueducts are, and I had to find dirt, land, and I stood there, and I said, that is God's land. And I did it two more times to make sure. <laughs> throughout the trip that is God's land that's all I need to say amen, amen. anyone else come on up my trip goes back a little further Steve and I had the chance to go I think it was what 2011 so it's been a few years. I never thought I'd actually be in Israel, but it will change your perspective of everything. You get over there, you see how tiny that country really is, and it gives you a whole new perspective when you hear the news and hear about her enemies attacking her. You realize how vulnerable that nation really is and what a miracle it is the way God has protected them since their reestablishment. The Sea of Galilee, I'm with you. I think that was probably the most emotional time for me selling on the Sea of Galilee and it really that's when I really grasped that yes I am in Israel and realized that Yeshua sailed this exact same lake out here and it just it, you can't put it into words it's something you have to experience so if you haven't been I strongly strongly encourage you to think about going all right anyone else come on up Jim don't have to raise your hand just come on up if you want to speak Come forward. Well, that was three things that stood out to me. It was on when we was on the Jesus boat. In the middle of the boat, and Rabbi was really bringing a word. That stood out to me. I'm imagining Jesus sitting on this boat, and he's teaching people on the mountains. And Rabbi was just sitting there, comfortable in his shorts and his hat, and teaching the word. So that stood out to me. 
Another thing is when Rabbi said something about going to Danny Boy. Yeah. I was there when you took over. Yeah. Um, when I was looking for something, he said, oh, ask the rabbi. And I'm like, oh, who's the owner of the shop? <laughs> but, and then Natalie got behind the, the register. So, yeah, family, family affair. But what really stood my most important part was when we were mikvah. Me and Kenny were mikvah together in the Jordan River by rabbi. Yep. That picture stood out to me. But go, it's a light, it's a trip that you will never forget. And I have at least 3,000 pictures that I took and I put them on my computer. Ty Tyrus isn't here, but he took more than that. <laughs> so, anyone else want to come share? You know, it, it's great to... Uh, uh, Steve? Come on up. Just back to the trip that Cheryl and I took in 2011. I've been there a couple of times since, but um, one of the things that really stood out to me, I mean, Israel is awesome. Every piece of it is awesome because it makes the Bible come alive. But one thing just totally blew me away is we were in the rabbi's tunnel back by the western wall. And back there they had a little, a little small little area. It's kind of like the small little amphitheater. And everyone sat around and they had the whole um, replica of the temple area. And they, it was a cutaway. And they went through each season of the temple. And they, as they went through each season, they took away a, a, away a piece of the temple. And they took it all the way back to Mount Moriah. And it was just an awesome thing. And I just never tru truly forgot that. It was a, it's something, if you go to Israel, you've got to see it. And if you go with us, you will. So I really want to encourage you. Don't, don't delay. It, it is a time the the war it just it, it it's amazing how it comes alive. If you know pastors or rabbis who haven't been there, tell them to come with us. You know, we bring people outside our group all the time. But it is a great way to experience the land and to come and be a part of it. it you you have lasting memories. That's what the neat thing about that place is. You leave a little bit of yourself behind. We did archaeological digs, too. This has been something we added just recently. Ken, when you did it, you guys found stuff. You were, where, you were in Jerusalem, right? Yes. Can you come up real quick and talk about that? You were volunteered. <laughs> you were voluntold. <laughs> you can talk about it now that they've, they've published it, right? It's assume they have. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a neat experience to do an archaeological dig. Uh, be careful when you go. Make sure that you uh, cover your face. Dust was all over my whole body when I got back. It was just, but it was amazing. We found certain coins from uh, the temple time there. So it's, once you go and do those type of digs, you you'll be a you know get an opportunity to understand how, what, what the next thing is going on in Israel, uh, and even the Temple Mount uh, building up on the Temple. Uh, so it was a great experience. So go. Anything else you want to add? Or? No, that's All right. <laughs> yes, sir. Come on up. 
is skipped for you. Oh, sure, yeah. Do you want to do that now, or we can do it now? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> now, tell me, you were here a few months yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> good Sabbath, and brother and sister in Adonai. Yeah, as the last years, I uh, have been here uh, with another group. Uh, back then, I was just a driver, as a passenger driver. But now, it's, I'm a leader of our, our group. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, you know, it's our, our team is uh, uh, a military college. Do you know uh, cadets meaning is a military college student? College students. It's a right case in the Western po West Point. It's Korea West Point. West Point, well, yeah, so yeah. equivalent it's to West a, Point. It's a, next year, spring, uh, they, they will be uh, it's a second lieutenant. Wow. Yeah, it's very uh, important people. So, yeah. Now we are it's, uh, it's a special traveling in Canada and USA. I think it's, uh, this uh, visiting is very important portion of our trip. Yeah. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we have some uh, gift for your rabbi and your congregation. It's a very special Bible. It's a, it's a look at this. Oh, yeah, wow. it's a military style. Wow. It's our combat uniform. It's textile. Yeah, and uh, it's a Bible and Korean and English. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> My daughter will like this, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, uh, another thing is uh, uh, a kind of is a military coin. Uh, it's our Eunice coin. Mm -hmm. I give to Rabbi is uh, by uh, it's a military style. It's shake hand. Yeah. Thank you. God bless you. Yeah. I will put it on my desk. Thank you all. Thank you all. Can we get the? Can we get one up here? Let us pray over them. Can we? I would love the, these are future soldiers, and we need to pray over them. As who knows what's going on in the countries, and so if they can stand up and come forward. God, this will stand. You can stand right here. We got one on crutches, so we got to be careful. <laughs> Just line up. They're soldiers. They know how to do that. <laughs> if you all will stretch out your hands as we pray over them. One more. He's coming? Restroom. Okay. We're waiting for one. Hopefully it won't be long. <laughs> So how old are you all? Ages? Early 20s? Early 20s? Okay. Not you. <laughs> and are you all just, is it all Army or is it, are you going to be in different, yeah, all Army? Army and officer and chaplain. Officer and the chaplain, great. If you all will stretch out your hands as we pray over them. Abba Father, we just thank you first of all for bringing us all together. Lord, we pray a hedge of protection over each one of these young men and women. 
Lord, as they defend their country, Lord, they also defend you in your honor. Lord, give them wisdom and understanding like Joshua on how to take care of the enemies, to destroy them before them. And Lord, always be before them and taking care of them. Lord, give them safety for their units and the soldiers under them and above them. We ask this in your son Yeshua's name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand. Amen. Thank you all so much. What a great honor. Yes. We have an announcement. Oh, actually, why don't you? I want you to present. You brought it. Chaplain, can you come up? Can you come back up, Chaplain? Where is he? Well, there he is. Yep. Explain. Great. Explain to him what people, so you, people know. Put the mic on so Sandra can. I'm glad you have that with. That's amazing. Um, it is amazing. I just happened to, I'm out of breath. I'm so nervous. I happen to have one of the books that God inspired me to, to write one day. I just Take your time. He just shut me up in a, in a room when I was going through a, a really, really, really troubling and, and challenging time. And this is the result of being just shut away, tucked away, and, and God's hand just started writing, using my hand. It's called the Pocket, Book, the Pocket Prayer Book for Soldiers, Battlefield Prayers in Times of Need. And I just happened to have, I just happened to have one with me. So I'd like to present it to um, the chaplain of the Korean Army. I give you a, a special cross. It's my school's symbols cross. Oh, wonderful! Okay. Thank you, ma'am. That Sandra. That's her, her, that from that's across from his symbol from his school. Amen. I'm so glad you all came today. That's called putting on the armor of God. Amen. 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 Wow. What a day.